Welcome to All This and the Oscars 2, AwardsDaily.com's podcast on the Oscar race. My name is Sasha Stone. I'm the founder and one of the editors on Awards Daily. I'm here with three others, Ryan Adams, Clarence Moy, and Mark Johnson. Hi, guys. Hello. 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 <laughs> so here we are in, in October, and we're going to try to, you know, scramble our way through where we are in the awards race right now by talking, I think, about front runners and their challengers. And um, I just got back from seeing The Last Duel at an 11 a.m. screening. I saw The Tender Bar last night or the night before, whenever it was. And um, we're still waiting on a bunch of movies. We're still got to see House of Gucci. Um, uh, Licorice uh, Pizza, which is the Paul Thomas Anderson movie that's coming up. And we have West Side Story, Steven Spielberg, and what else? Nightmare Alley. Nightmare Alley, the big one we all keep forgetting about. <laughs> and Tick, Tick, Boom, perhaps as well, right? Tick, Tick, Boom from Netflix. And there's another Netflix movie, a Western. Oh, yeah. What's that one called? That's not Oh, The Harder They the Fall. Harder the Harder they, they, they Fall. Yeah, that's coming too. So, um, and don't forget, don't look up from um, Adam don't McKay. Don't look up. Yep. Don't look up is coming. And they, these are potentially big movies. You know, they're potentially so big that they blow out the movies that we have now. But um, but let's just start quickly, yeah. I think, with Best Picture. So what I think is, and you guys can tell me if you think this is wrong, um, I think the three front runners are Belfast, King Richard, and um, Power of the Dog. I would agree. Yep. Mark. Same. Ryan. Okay. Sounds good to me. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> all right. And the reason that we can say that, even though it's October, is that for all, you know most of Oscar history under the preferential ballot, which is the expanded ballot, that they you know moved from five to ten in two thousand nine, and then shifted to a random number in two thousand eleven, and then now this year twenty twenty. 2021 they're bringing back to 10 and even 10 but in all that time since they had the expanded ballot the best picture winner was seen by october i think the last movie that showed after was a million dollar baby in 2004 i believe but that was before the expanded ballot and the departed was in october but every movie since then was seen um, at a film festival whether it was toronto telluride or venice or Cannes, before it won um, so that's why we think, and I have my own theories as to why I think that is. And I think it has to do with building a consensus, building a kind of girl next door, you know, familiarity with a movie as opposed to the one night stand, which is the one that gets dropped in December that everybody loves and raves about, but can't quite build the consensus to win on a preferential ballot. Don't you think, though, isn't there a possibility, I should say, that since they don't vote until the end of January, that there is a chance for something that is seen in early November, I mean, late November, or early December, could build some kind of consensus or a better consensus than things in the past? Absolutely. And remember, like, the past can only tell you what the past has done, right? You know, when Parasite won, for instance, that was unprecedented. Same with Moonlight. Like, they you know, it happens a certain way until it doesn't happen that way anymore, right? For a long time, I thought a movie that didn't have a SAG Ensemble nomination couldn't win Best Picture, but Shape of Water did. Um, Green Book did. So, you know, 
they say stats are meant to be broken, and it's true. You can only it can only take you so far. Looking at historical precedent. The thing about stats is stats are only as good as the data, as the data and the precedents and the variables that go into making the stats. And those have changed in ways in the past five or ten years that were unexpected and threw us all for a loop. For instance, SAG and after combining change the dynamics mm, of SAG, right? Mm-hmm. right? And so um, that's one of the reasons why SAG is not as predictable as it used to be, because SAG itself is not the same SAG that it used to be. They expanded their membership to about 150,000 for, for voting on winners, not nominees, because their nominees are still done by a nominating committee of about 2,000. But just mixing it in with people who do like broadcast journalism, for instance, changed the dynamic of it just being actors. There's also other things that have changed, um, has can, can change historical precedent, and that's the the move to add to the membership at the academy to diversify, based on um, gender and, and you know people bringing in people of color. That has it might not be seismic that change, but it's enough that it's worth considering. You know that that it's different from how it used to be, and and the directors guild sometime recently. They changed too, and they allowed. I remember a publicist getting really angry about that a long time ago. It's so funny how people get mad about stuff in the past, and it seems like such a big deal at the time. And then looking back, you're like, oh, well, that was like nothing, it didn't even matter. But one of the things was that they expanded the director's membership to include television directors and director's assistants. And um, I remember people saying, well, that just dilutes the purity of the membership. It's not just directors we're talking about anymore, you know. So it's true that things keep changing and evolving. And sometimes that means you don't exactly know where the Oscar race is going. But I think that there are some things that, that are holding true. And one is that that preferential ballot count, the way they count it, can't be denied. Like it's the people think the, the way that the Oscars are won is that it's, it's based on a surge of momentum. And it's not really because... It's based on general likability throughout the entire membership so that even if they don't like, even if this movie isn't their number one, it's their number two or their number three. Like when we were running those simulations for our best picture, you remember how Nomadland just kept showing up everywhere. Like it was always mm-hmm. in the top five of people's ballots, you know. Oh, it's, it's not just that it's preferential. Although that's a big part of it, of course, that's the major part of it. But but the accountants are, set up the formula for the particular way that the that the Oscar ballots are counted, that adds things like thresholds and cutoffs that are arbitrary. Right. And they did that in order, almost, I think, to sort of corral or or shepherd the results in a way to avoid certain unwanted or embarrassing outcomes. I think. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I mean, it, 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 by having thresholds, you avoid having uh, movies that may only get, you know, 500 votes from from Academy members. That is like a real stinker. This like that has that I that has happened in the past with like um, extremely loud and very close or whatever the name of that thing was. But um, but conversely, they can they can try and get a movie in like the Producers Guild when they allowed for Wonder Woman to get in. As like mm-hmm. the 11th, right. you know, maybe that was just missing the threshold, but they just edged it a little bit to get the movie in so exactly. that they could say. Yeah. And then, and you know, I've always wondered too, talking about fudging a little bit, 
it seems really unlikely to me that for the producers guild that there were exactly yeah. the same amount of votes than the year that they tied with gravity and um, right and, uh, yeah you know that can't have been that can't have been like an exact tie it was right. probably within 30 votes or something right, right? Exactly. it was within it was close enough that they thought well you know yeah exactly might as well so, and I will even wonder if the Oscars don't do this the same way. It just seems really unlikely to me that it could be an exact half and half tie. Yeah, especially when you're looking at the way they count the preferential ballot. You know, like it doesn't seem mm -hmm. right. logical or, or even like, when you think about it, that, right. that it's going to turn out exactly the same number of votes, you know, with all right. the ballot redistribution. That seems very unlikely. So, yeah, I could see how that just to get dig like themselves out of a uh, hole. Yeah. Barbara Streisand and Catherine Hepburn tied. It's like they wouldn't have tied if Barbara Streisand had not voted for herself. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. That's so funny. Barbara Streisand, oh, God. Um, all right. So now we've got the three we think are the, the anchor movies, I would say. Um, I loved The Last Duel. I thought it was really good. In a different time and place, it would be a very strong contender for, for Best Picture. But it's you just, just saw that today? Yeah, I just saw it today. But the timing for this year is not with that movie. Um, but it it certainly is a uh, a robust, big, big movie. It's definitely the kind of movie that the Oscars, you know, are made on or were made on. And it would, would I think, bring up their prestige value a lot if they nominated it, you know. And it's also the kind of movie that the Golden Globes would just are would just go nuts for and pick as like their top movie and it would come in like leading the nominations and it might even win best picture or something and that would launch it into the race you know in a way that the critics will not because it's definitely not a critics movie at all so um that's that's an interesting an interesting dynamic. usually usually we're talking about musicals but in this case the last duel is very much you know, Golden Globe friendly kind of thing. Um, and if they do release a list this year, even though they're not doing a show, I would predict that this movie dominates or does pretty well with that. I think pretty sure they will go ahead and have a, a list and of nominees and winners, don't you? It just won't be televised, that's all. I don't Surely know. They, would, they wouldn't just all like skip a whole year of not doing anything. I, was not, I would not expect them to. What do you guys just think? Look and do just disappear all year long. Do you guys think know. that um, too? Do you guys agree with that? I hope so. I am. Um, I'm rooting for them to do something still, even if it's not televised. But I don't know. I think I wouldn't be surprised if they stayed out of the spotlight for a year. Yeah. No, no. I don't think they'll stay out of the spotlight. Look at them <laughs> handing out, um, you know, press releases about how many people they're adding. Right, then they've nominated right. a new president. I mean, they're, they're still very active. If they were hiding, right. they put any of that information out. I have never, I've never wavered from the fact that they are going to put out some kind of list. We've yeah. talked about this at Telluride. It's going to be like the year of the writer's strike where they couldn't have the show and they just put out a press release, essentially. Mm. That's probably what they will do. Yeah. I mean, I, I tried finding that Golden Globes person who contacted me and I couldn't find it in my inbox, which isn't surprising. I couldn't even find how to search for that person. So um, <laughs> so I, I, I couldn't ask. But um, but I, I think that would be a huge story if, if anybody broke that story. Um, all right. I'm looking at that Gold Derby right now and they have, surprisingly, they have the power of the dog out front at number one with 18 people predicting it. 
Um, and then after that is Belfast and then Nightmare Alley, which hasn't been seen by anybody. King Richard, Licorice Pizza, House of Gucci, Tragedy of Macbeth, which I also saw the other day. Dune, Coda, West Side Story. And then we go Don't Look Up, Parallel Mothers, Spencer, Mass, The Lost Daughter, Come On, Come On, The Worst Person in the World. Forget that. It's never going to get <laughs> Tick, tick, boom. Cyrano, way down at 19. Who are these people? <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Did you, uh, what spot did they have? House, House of Gucci? Uh... Is, is... That's at six. See, I would when you mentioned the three front runners earlier, I was trying to think if I could think of anything else. If I were to add another one to those three really good likely prob possibilities, probabilities for the top three, I would add probably that would be my fourth choice. It, well, I was but trying to who knows though. It might just be like really exactly. can be and, and silly. So that's it. it could I mean, be wrong. If we haven't yeah. seen it, we can't really say that it's one yeah. of the but I yeah. agree with you that by the way people are talking about it, and that and Nightmare Alley would be the two that are up in the, you know, perception area. But but that for them to have Cyrano way down underneath, come on, come on, it's like, uh, well, no, <laughs> sorry, people, that's not happening. But a lot um, of the, do you think a lot of the Gold Derby people are, are just guessing without having seen the movies yet, like I'm doing, like have the, are are there other people no as, they're all guessing yeah. you're right but what i think the way i think this this odds chart is how it works is that they're not totaling it in terms of ranking i don't think i think they're totaling it in terms of how many people have these movies on their list right so i don't even think it's like you know if i go to yeah. predictions by experts let's see if i go Oscar predictions 2020 you know I hate doing this because like everything stresses me out about Oscar season everything but um <laughs> and even looking at people's predictions so Ann Thompson has power of the dog <laughs> Peter Travers has nightmare alley um Clayton smartly has Belfast that's the one to pick um let's see here let's see so what your number one choices that you're I'm yeah. I'm looking at the different pundits. What they have, what they've chosen at number one. It looks like it's a division between Belfast and Power of the Dog. Um, I I and I I don't want to upset my dear friends at Netflix, but um, but Power of the Dog at number one on a preferential ballot. How do you figure? It seems <laughs> like it seems uh, tough. I, just, I would have to know probably get there. Novel, but... Go sorry, ahead. Sorry. I'm sorry. No, go ahead, Ryan. No, you. I, wasn't I, I only know power i haven't seen the movie yet but i know the novel and it's so fucking dark i mean so exactly, dark yeah are they going to go that no. is the movie that dark is it nope i'm thinking of my friend in the animation branch who voted for green book and then felt really bad and didn't vote for green book the next year <laughs> i mean voted ashamed of herself and regretted her choice but she is to me my like typical academy member uh-huh and you know, she's the one who only goes to Academy events if they have food offered up. And she <laughs> she used to date my dad and she's kind of, you know, a good time gal who likes to go to parties and have a good time and is, you know, obviously on the left, you know, wealthy um, boomer. <clears throat> so I try to think of how she's going to react to the movies that she sees. And mm -hmm. um, I think she's going to like Power of the Dog. But I think when you're sitting down at your ballot and you're ranking movies, your heart picks for you. And it's always been 
the case. As we all know, we used to mock the Academy for this. The heart wants what it wants. But um, but that's really it. And and as good as Power of the Dog is, and it's an amazing movie, and I know a lot of people would put it at number one, but are they going to put it at number two and number three? Are they going to keep pushing for it and wanting it to win? I would have to ask, what are you voting for? What are you voting for? Are you voting for art? Are you voting for Jane Campion? You know, are you voting for how great her movie is and, and her late career success? I could see that as being a motivator. But when you compare that to Belfast or King Richard, those two movies where you're voting for stories that lift you up and pull you in emotionally in a positive way, I think it, that that's a tough thing to beat. That's just me. Yeah, no, I agree. I mean, I, I, I still think Power of the Dog's in the top three. Yeah, me too, for sure. At the end for of the sure. day. I mean, I'm it's just... In the top three. I'm, no. I'm, but we were talking about, who did you say Ann Thompson has it at number one? Yep. Mm-hmm. She yeah. knows what she's doing. And so, and we know Ann's um, branch by branch theory, and so we know that it's strong across the board, right, in all the categories? It sure is, but she's got Dune at number two, so I don't know what Anne's been smoking. <laughs> I mean, it's like, forget that, honey. That's never she really happen. likes that movie, though. I know, but higher than Belfast. On a, you show me the Academy member who's going to be voting for Dune as their number one. Yeah, no, I, I get it. I get it. <laughs> I mean, like maybe a couple in the visual effects branch, but it's like, <laughs> oh no, I'm sorry, that's not. You know. The number, what you have to have for a best picture is you have to have a story that people understand for starters, you know, and I'm not saying Dune doesn't have that, but you really have had to read, read the book. So everybody, and, you know, mm -hmm. go right. ahead. I mean, that's what I'm thinking about. And, you know, it's funny, but Dune was written in 1965 and Power of the Dog was written in 1967. Oh, wow. So those, those, that era of fiction that you really, it did really help to be smoking something back then when you read those books. <laughs> well, Power of the Dog. Because they were trippy as fuck. They were just, uh, you know, really wild, trippy stuff that, 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 that movies haven't been like that since the, since the 70s. Right. Now, if you take two movies uh, up against each other, I confuse these two years, like No Country for Old Men, The Departed, Juno, and Little Miss Sunshine. I confuse which movies were up which year. But, Juno was no country. Okay, so yeah. Juno probably would have beaten no country on a preferential ballot, even if the Jesus. Coens had won Best Director. And Little Miss Sunshine probably would have beaten The Departed oh. on a preferential. I'm just saying. It probably would I have. Know. Those are two of my favorite wins ever. Yeah, they need to get rid of the preferential ballot. <laughs> I'm just saying, like, Power of the Dog, in my opinion, is a is a, five, is a movie that could win on a five ballot, but not on a, not on a ten. Well, the beautiful thing about this year is that there are three or four movies that if they won Best Picture, I'd be totally happy because I think it's it's such a it's so it's so much of a better and more robust year of cinema mm -hmm. than it was last year. Like it's it's just it's like being in the desert for a whole year and then all of a sudden you're in like Palm Springs. Or, you know, it's just like pools. I agree. And booze everywhere. I And I like that she has, Anne smartly has Spencer on her list, because I do think that if Kristen Stewart is really the strong frontrunner that people think she is, then Spencer is going to have to get in as best picture. It really does. Like, it, you know, it, it's, it's, it's unlike, I mean, it's, it's possible that she could still win with not, it's, it's, it's stronger with actors, obviously the tie to best picture, 
than it is with actress. But, um, but still, I think if people really love that movie, they're going to, it's going to be swept along into best picture, like room, like, um, the blind side, you know, uh, it, it, when, when a performance is that strong and they're winning everything, it, the movie itself usually gets in too. That would make a pretty nice best director lineup too. Um, Belfast, House of Gucci, Power of Dogs, Spencer, and King Richard. That would be a really good-looking, well-balanced best director slate. Yeah, and she Anne, Anne has No Time to Die. That's awesome. I'm so happy to see she has it on there. And she has Parallel Mothers, too. She's got an interesting lineup. The only, I would, I don't think that Tragedy of Macbeth is a number five. Tragedy of Macbeth is an incredibly beautiful film um, with two really good performances, but it's kind of like Dune. Like, you know, you have to be on Shakespeare's frequency. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. It's a pretty faithful adaptation of of Macbeth. Um, Maybe people will vote for it without even watching it. It's possible. But, um, But that's a tough one for me. I don't know. It would be in my best picture lineup right now. Um, but we'll see. I mean, I'm not saying it's bad. I'm just saying that, that Shakespeare is a tough nut. You know, it's, it's, it's. Uh... Mm-hmm. Oh, no, you're absolutely. It's funny, though. I'm just thinking back, you know, it's funny that back in like the 1940s, I think it wasn't unusual at all for right. Shakespearean adaptations to to be really um, do well at the Oscars. I know. They may have even, you know, they, I can't, offhand, I don't know for sure if they got Best Picture nominations or not, but I know that um, Olivier did, directed what, Henry V and Hamlet, and both Mm -hmm. of those were like knockouts. Absolutely, no, it's true. It's just things are so different now, really. Like, they were just, I mean, you know, there was much more of a sort of high-minded respect for for great literature i think in the earlier days mm-hmm. of the academy it just brought with it some respectability that that this race right now does not need you know mm-hmm. um, you're right yeah it, it was a lot about literary pedigree back then yeah, yeah. and and those adaptations were really accessible too back then too they weren't i don't know what um tragedy of Macbeth is like how is it just really artsy in a way that is i mean does it is it does it seem is it seem down to earth or is it like highfalutin kind of like um it's highfalutin pretty much yeah by the way hamlet did uh olivier's hamlet did win best picture in 1948 yeah. and it won like oh, wow. just that plus yeah. best actor or something like it only won two i yeah. think um After... yeah um she's a I'm going to go ahead and put, I'm just going to freak everybody out right now and change my predictions to put Ridley Scott in for best director for uh, The Last Duel instead of House of Gucci. I know that's very oh, controversial, yeah. but look, when you're an old timer, you got to entertain yourself in small ways. <laughs> and one of those is just messing around with your predictions. You know, you don't want to be just like cookie cutter, right? You want to. Yeah. So have fun with it. Yeah, have fun with it. Why not? Um, I'm really looking forward to the new movies that are coming out, but I won't be surprised if if um, Belfast just runs away with it. I think that it's it's one of those movies that's pretty Teflon. Like the more you criticize it, the more it's like you're kicking a puppy, you know. And that's <laughs> that's what you well, need. Well, like 
I can see uh, a year where it doesn't get very much criticalizing in terms of critics awards, but then all of a sudden mm. it comes up at SAG or something like that. And it wins screen actors and then, you know, that's it. That's it. And yeah, I mean, that's the thing is like, that's we, I don't, I think a lot of my um, colleagues, our colleagues really do discount the importance of the golden globes to, to take that first step because they really do and have, kind of you know we we did it what's the word um whittled it down um in a way that like takes the step from the critics to the oscars like it 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 has always done that so it, it lends a certain prestige to the nominees that it picks that other groups don't have until you get to directors guild and producers guild and stuff but the critics awards they they want the broadcast film critics or whatever they want that prestige but they don't have it because they're too locked into the critic groupthink but the globes aren't and so if they love belfast and it gets screenplay and director and picture and and katriona balfe gets a best actress nomination for instance which she might um that that does a lot for belfast i think um or for any movie that they pick it's because they have five and not ten I sound like I'm in my therapist's office and I'm just running off at the mouth. <laughs> you guys really should shut me up. I'm like, I can't stop talking. <laughs> no. um, so you went with about the Globes again. I wonder the Glo- maybe the Globes will do something like live YouTube broadcast or something where they just just go off on this rebellious <laughs> thing and do on their own thing and say we don't need a TV network. Welcome to our press release where we will read off the nominees <laughs> and winners. <laughs> See, that's but the thing. First... Here on YouTube, they could actually have some kind of show type format. But first but we will read <laughs> well, first we will read our diversity and inclusion stuff. <laughs> but that's the thing. We don't hate right. black who, people. Who, who would show up? Who would show up even for a YouTube <laughs> oh, broadcast buddy. except no one would want to participate yet because they they don't know <laughs> who would show up. It's like there's George Clooney. Come on up here, George. <laughs> <laughs> Say hello to our YouTube audience. (laughs) Sit next to our six new black members. (laughs) This is our new black member. (laughs) Sorry. Oh, God. Those people are going to kill us. Like, they're going to poison us in our sleep. (laughs) Um, All right. So should we move on? What should we move on to? I know everybody wants to hear about Best Actress. Should we do Best Actress? Well, let's yeah. do director first because you did you did talk okay. about Ridley Scott um, changing right. your production from Gucci to Duel, and that's only based on having not seen Gucci. It might be so good that it blows out the Last Duel, but right now I'm looking at the Last Duel and I'm thinking that is amazing that he made that movie. Like, but but you know they don't like Ridley Scott. Like he didn't get nominated for directing. Uh, the Martian, the Martian. And, and he didn't win for Gladiator, you know, they've got a Ridley Scott thing. Um, still, he's he's undeniably a master when you watch this movie. Like it's to me, I'm watching it. I'm going, you know what? No, most people directing movies today are not anywhere in this guy's league. Like he just knows what he's doing. He's incredible. And I don't you know, I, I think I think you have to see how it goes, because because the way you really predict this is you go for um, what are the DGA going to pick? What's their five that they're going to pick? That's going to be different from what the Oscars are going to pick, probably. Like, Paul Thomas Anderson might get in the Academy, but he's probably not getting in the DGA, right? Yeah, I would say Scott, Campion, Brana, Villeneuve, and uh, Del Toro. That would be my DGA five. Yeah. 
Yeah, Dune is so big and epic that it's really hard to deny that one. Um, but I'd like to see how The Last Duel plays. It's so weird to not have the box office, so we don't have the market to help us with this at all, um, to help us in terms of... I could see Pedro Almodovar, by the way, getting in for, for Parallel Mothers into the directors at the Academy, not the DGA, obviously. But I'm looking here at Gold Derby, and they have Kenneth Branagh for Belfast at number five. Behind Villeneuve, Paul Thomas Anderson, Del Toro, and Campion. That's just nuts. He's number two because Belfast is, is best picture. So Branagh's automatically second place. Like he's got to be, you know. Um, Del, Del Toro's not going to win again. You know, he just won. And, and uh, Denis Villeneuve, he, he might win, but I doubt it. It's not going to beat Belfast. And... Um, uh, who was five? Thomas Anderson, Paul Thomas Anderson. So we also have Steven Spielberg coming, right? That's that's one to, to watch for. He's a big guy, and then maybe that movie turns out to be really good, and then he gets in. Spencer might turn out to be a lot like again the Golden Globes. They could they could put Pablo Lorraine in their best director category, and that automatically launches him into the best director race. Just that. Pablo Lorraine, the guy that Michael Gray is in love with. <laughs> After Mark, of course. No. Um, oh, God. <laughs> Pablo Lorraine came and talked to us at this party and um, where everybody got COVID. No, they didn't. <laughs> they didn't. Um, we were meeting Kristen Stewart, right? Everybody got to... Did we do our podcast where we talked about meeting yep. Kristen Stewart? Did we get to do that? Anyway, he came up and talked to us for a really long time. He was pretty cool. So he might get in. It depends on how well that movie does, really. Um, I guess we'll have to see. A Joel Cohen, I don't know. It has a, really a lot of flamboyant flair to it, doesn't it? It's directorial, you know, um, I don't know, just, just really showy, I'm thinking. Is it? Is it? Which one? Spencer? Spencer, yeah. Well, I mean, it's... I was surprised to find out he, he, he wasn't gay. I hope I'm not committing any sort of faux pas here um, because I could have sworn that both Jackie and Spencer were directed by a gay man because of the focus, the heavy focus on fashion. The guy's mm. obsessed with fashion and I love that. Like that makes the movies, especially Diana, like his Diana, it's like he, she, he you know, he, his favorite thing is just putting her in those pretty clothes throughout the whole movie. You know? uh -huh. So, yes, it's flamboyant in that way. Um, is that, should I cut that out, that whole gay thing? I mean, does that sound bad? Uh, no, I don't think so. No. Um, I, it's a compliment. Yeah, it is. But but I'm just surprised that he wasn't gay. I don't mean that. I, I just meant that, you know. He made a comment. He made a comment while we were there, though, that made it sound like he was open to both ways. Oh, he did? What did he say? I don't, I don't remember, but I just remember that. Oh, you have to tell me so I can tell Michael. <laughs> <laughs> He's been so crushed. I can't remember what he said, but he said something where it was like, "Oh, okay." Oh, okay. Well, there you go. So that's good. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> I, that's I. I assume that because I just I don't see that same sort of passion for women's, um, the way women look like that. Not it wasn't a it wasn't a gaze, a male gaze on her so much. Although there were some scenes like that, but um, mm. <clears throat> it's very much about celebrating the beauty of Diana. You know, um, he captured her, I think, like no other director has, Kristen Stewart. Like, he really made her look like absolute beauty. 
in this movie. Um, yes, flamboyant, <clears throat> very much so. Like it's an abstract expressionistic movie, right? It's not, it's like Jackie. It's not linear, particularly. It's kind of an impression of her inner emotional um, turmoil. The directors go, could really go, they, they go for things like that. They go for things sometimes more than the Academy Directors Branch do. I mean, nah, yeah, I no. mean, I don't know, Buff, I agree with that. I think that the, the Directors Guild, they determine best picture, right? So they pick the big populist movies. So if Spencer is one of the biggest popular movies, then it will show up there, you know? We just okay. don't know that yet. We don't know how it's going to be received. That's the only thing we don't know is we don't know what are going to be the big five, the DGA five, and those will be your strongest best picture contenders. Um, That's why I have Ronaldo Marcus Green in my number five spot still because it's smart. hard for me to say King Richard is the most likely to upset Belfast without putting him at least you know in what? the five. I'm changing mine too. But see, I think he gets in the DGA. I'm not sure he gets in the Oscars. But um, Yeah. I, I I I don't know. I can't predict DGA, <laughs> so I I just stick to what I think will happen. I think I'm going to put him in here too. I'm going to copy you right now because the thing is, is he just needs more press so people know him yeah. more. But that movie's going to be so yeah. popular that it seems like I think so too. You know, yeah, it's definitely a DGA for sure. Um, so. <clears throat> but but I think we need to also consider making keeping room, keeping a place for Spielberg. You never count him out. Um, yeah, that trailer looked pretty good. So yeah. sorry, I had to move it into my ton after I saw the trailer. Yeah, I didn't have it. I was I was like one of the only people holding out. I think on that just out of resentment for the remake. Uh, but, spite. but it, it does look yeah out of spite but um, i love spielberg and it looked really good so i could see him getting in um so let me ask a question about el motivar not at the dga but in terms of oscar so given today that yeah. spain decided not to submit parallel mothers for their um, foreign language submission does that make the film a cause at the oscars does that bolster his chances does that hurt um penelope cruz's it doesn't hurt them. It it uh, it's it's a weird choice because it's almost like he had a built-in Oscar. He could have won. They could have won for him. But it makes me wonder about the movie. See, I haven't seen it. Yeah. You know, I want to know what the movie is. I I I've, I'm to the point where I can't trust what the critics say, especially coming out of film festivals. Um, they they're almost always wrong, in my opinion. Like they not that they're wrong. It's just that the the atmosphere there is different from when movies come here and open here. Um, though, yeah. Then if you're in Venice and you're watching movies around, you know, a lot of film critics and stuff, you you feed off the energy in the room. So I haven't heard a lot of buzz about Parallel Mothers, actually. She won Best Actress in Venice, mm -hmm. but I, I just don't know if the movie's good, really, really good. I mean, it's Al Almodovar, so we imagine that it's great, you know, but um, I think it helps it, in my opinion, that they'll, they'll push for it. Um, I, think it does too. I definitely don't think it will hurt it because... Um, I think that most people realize that part of the reason that they don't, they, I mean, if they, if Spain, Spain could probably nominate him. I mean, they could submit his films every single year that he has a film that he makes a film, but they don't because they want to give other filmmakers a, a, a chance to be nominated. He's already won too. He already won for what, for talk to her. And what was the other one? Um, he, all I don't think he was, her. I don't think he was nominated for talk to her. 
He was. Oh, really? For, no, he was for screenplay. Oh, I, I thought he... you meant international. Sorry. Oh, yeah, no. Oh. No, Dr. Her wasn't submitted. Yeah. Oh, okay. the same, right. Yeah. I, the same I, I guy kind of... that. Sorry, go ahead. Mm, no, you're you're right. I was I was being fuzzy about what I meant. I didn't necessarily mean a best uh, foreign language film nomination. Okay. I just meant in general. He he won. He has two Oscars, right? Okay. Yeah. And so people are thinking that. I mean, Spain may think. Let's give some of our other talent a chance right. to right. for the Oscars. Yeah. And people and, and and Oscar voters are aware of that. Yeah. That they that they vote on that basis, and right. so you know. I agree. Okay, so let's move on because we got to get to our question. So let's do quickly right. front runners for I mean, front runner for best actress. I had to give up on my Jennifer Hudson dream. I wish that she was the front runner, but she's not. I think Kristen Stewart's the front runner, obviously. Jessica Chastain is coming in. And um, uh, I am going to take Frances McDormand out and put in I mean, it's tough because I want to put in yeah. Catriona Balfe, but I'm going to have to put in Jodie Comer after having just seen The Last Duel. And she's amazing oh, in that. Right. So that's my number five. I had her in early on. Like I had my instincts this year were that two movies I thought were going to do really well. One was Belfast and one was The Last Duel. And I saw Belfast and obviously that lived up to it. And then I saw the reviews for The Last Duel and I thought, oh, shit, it's not very good. And then I saw the movie and I was like, oh, holy shit, it's actually good. So I'll keep her in mm-hmm. for now and see how it goes. But this is a movie that really does need the uh, the Golden Globes. Um, but but when we're just talking about winning, do you think it's Kristen Stewart versus Jessica Chastain right now? Yeah, for sure. Mm-hmm. I do. I would agree. And I could see Chastain winning. She was really terrific. And it's a, it's a little bit more likable performance in the sense that her, you know, she's playing Tammy Faye and Tammy Faye's extremely likable i think that was like her whole thing um but kristen stewart spencer is very cold so i i could see i could see justine winning i i can't only because based on the power of best picture strength i think spencer is a little bit stronger but it's so hard to tell because we're just in a vacuum right now we're in an echo chamber you know we don't know anything you're right like we, we won't know anything until people start getting up and winning awards but justine also has the um the HBO, what the thing with Oscar scenes from a marriage? Yeah, so she has that going right now, which people are like loving. Yeah, and but, she's pretty incredible in it. But but Kristen Stewart is red hot. I mean, she's like yeah, magazine photos. I, she's glamming it up. No, I, I hear you. I I still have Stewart one. I just think Chastain. I I think it's like almost like a one A one B for me right now. Right, right. That's a tough one, I guess. I have to see Tammy Faye. I still haven't. Um, I like. I surprisingly liked it a lot. Like I didn't think I would. It was, I enjoyed it. Oh, good. She, because of her, though, I think. Mm-hmm. What about him? Uh, he was fine. No, he's not good, is he? I mean, he's he's fine. I I don't think. I don't know. I like Andrew Garfield a lot, but I think okay. his other one, Tick 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 Boom, is going to be the one. And you had sort it, of a a bit of a personal connection to Tammy Faye, right? Like, didn't you? Say oh yeah. <laughs> yeah, I grew up in a house where the 700 club was on every morning so yeah (laughs) so ptl all those things were i was familiar with i'm sorry (laughs) okay well that was that was kind of my problem with the movie is that it didn't it, it plays to an audience who doesn't know anything about her and having grown up here in north carolina that that shit was on the news every day for five six seven years i mean it was just like 
It didn't tell me anything I didn't already know, except for like their early scenes when they were um, younger. But yeah. um, you know, I mean, it's 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 just kind of a rote, very rote by the numbers sort of biopic. Yeah. And she's great, but you can like you can see her, and I don't know if this helps her or hurts her, but you can see her sweating. I don't mean literally sweating, but she's just working it so hard. Like she just. It's 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 kind of exhausting to watch her because well, that, she just she's, she's jumping up and down, she's singing, she's crying, she's right. doing and everything. It's, it's the Amy did. Adams and Hillbilly Elegy problem. It's like yeah. when you want it too much, sometimes it becomes something somewhat repellent. I'm not saying that it is repellent. I don't mean to use that word that she's repellent. I'm just saying sometimes voters can be a little bit wary of that. You know. Mm-hmm. At the end of the day, best actress is often, and I'm I don't mean this, and so I'm I'm glad that people listen to this podcast to get like straight talk. So thank you, listeners, and and so you'll forgive me for being crass here and there, but I will say that a lot of best actress is about the prom queen. Let's just be honest about it. Yeah, for sure. It's about crowning the homecoming queen, and for those of us wallflowers in high school, I wasn't really a wallflower, but I was not exactly popular. Um, we know what that feels like to to understand what it's like to anoint the pretty girl. And it's not always the case, obviously, you know. Um, it's just sometimes it's people that it's queen for a day. It's queen for a day. And so it just comes down to how badly do people want to see which actress coronated and which actress is going to play that part. You know, like when Kate Winslet, who really deserved to win many times, finally came up for Best Actress she didn't just sit around and wait for that award. Like she worked it hard. She was in, she was, but she, the way she worked it was by showing off herself as like beautiful and sexy on the pages of magazines and on the cover, like Kristen Stewart's doing. Um, and so if Jessica Chastain really wants to win, she's going to have to start sexing it up. I'm sorry to have to say, but that's it. You know, get yourself in some like, you know, Look at the, those magazine covers that they was posting on Twitter with Kristen Stewart. Like, how do you compete with that? I mean, that's um, she Kristen Stewart fits hits all the right kind of notes for that queen for a day thing. So, but if people don't like the movie, they don't like the movie. Earlier today, I did retweet a really hot, sexy picture of Jessica Chastain too. I forget what it was for or even where I saw it, but but she looked fantastic. She looked fabulous. I mean, just amazing. She had on this incredible gown and she's showing all kinds of leg and and she looked great. So she's very capable of doing that if she wanted for to. Sure, yeah. And she also has going for her the same thing that, that Frances McDormand had going for her last year is that she 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 made this movie happen for right. herself. Yep. Mm-hmm. For sure. And and, and um and the, the thing is is that season, they think that the way to win is to be respectable, but that's not the way to win. You have to remember who your voters are. Your voters are Eagles fans, 60-ish to 70-ish white straight males, right? Mm. That's 70% of the academy. Paul Schrader. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Bingo. <laughs> People who, as my friend once said, think they're a lot smarter than they actually are. Um, and But... You know, they can't help a pretty face. So dress her up like Lisa Alicia Vikander, for instance, or Marianne Cotillard. Listen to me butchering these names. Marianne Cotillard, you know, like she was never going to win unless she put herself out there dressed up looking like Marianne Cotillard. You know, like that's what you have to do if you're female. Now, obviously, Frances McDormand didn't have to do any of that. People will point her out. She did the exact opposite, you know, but, but that's rare, you know. 
Marion Cotillard did and what Jessica saying, if she does do, go the glamour uh, circuit, it will remind people of what a transformation exactly. she made yeah. in the film. Yeah. Well, I think Kristen Stewart and Jessica Chastain are going to go to every possible event that they can. Um, and they're going to look great. They're going to they're going to press the flesh. They're, they're both going to work it. Like Jessica Chastain has already been doing it, mm-hmm. yeah, for months. And I then mean, wait till Lady Gaga enters the room. Like, yeah. <laughs> then you got some serious. <laughs> and honestly, when you guys see Jodie Comer in, if she starts working it, like she's beautiful. Like she is so pretty in this movie, but she's also just gorgeous on the red carpet. I don't know if you watch Killing Eve or not, but. Oh, of course, yeah. And that's, that's going to be the fun thing about this season is, is these actresses all have their really strong fan bases. Oh, yeah. Yeah, Jodie Comer has fun. a huge fan base, weirdly enough. And then, of course, there's Catriona Balfe, who I would love to see. But apparently... Um, let's and a move. lot of people think that's a supporting role. I don't agree with that, but I know I've seen a lot of things online that people think it's more supporting. Well, I think she'd have a better chance in supporting. I don't know if she'll... Supporting for... Belfast. For... Oh, okay, okay. Yeah. All right. And then uh, watch them split all of the votes and Olivia Coleman come straight through the middle to win again. <laughs> she could. Oh she my. might get nominated. Yeah. She has Netflix behind her. That's pretty intense, you know. Yeah. I, I found that movie pretty hard to watch and um, kind of hard to sit with, so it's hard for me to imagine people voting for it, but you never know. Um, okay, so moving on to Best Actor, I think it's obviously needless to say Will Smith's to lose, right? Um, he has, he's the front runner and his only competition in my opinion right now is Denzel Washington, um, in Macbeth and Peter Dinklage, um, and Benedict Cumberbatch is also amazing. And, um, power of the dog is really good performance, but I'm going to add, I'm going to freak everybody out and put Matt Damon in for the last duel. See if I can find him. Yeah. Unless he's in supporting. I think he's supposed to be lead. Because I'm seeing, I'm seeing uh, Matt Damon for Stillwater, and I'm seeing um, Adam Driver. Oh no, he's not here. Yeah, he's not on here. Hmm. I'll have oh, to tell Tom to put him on. He's actually really good. Oh yeah, Adam Driver in the Last Duel, but not Matt Damon. That's weird. Both mm. of them are really, really good in it. So who's your number five, Mark? Who do you have? Um, I'm going way out on a limb with my number five. I think it's way out on a limb, at least. Um, I have Jamie Dornan at five. Oh yeah, that's right. I, right. Yeah. I, I, I don't, don't mind know. that. It's, I don't know the odds of that, but yeah. You know, look, I just most, put I just put yeah. Matt Damon in for mine, and he's a hundred to one. <laughs> yeah, a hundred to one. <laughs> right. I mean, most of the ones that I have kind of on that cusp area, I haven't seen yet, but I have seen Jamie Dornan, and I have seen Belfast, and if people love it the way a lot of us do, then I can see that happening. So, um, I don't know. I'm looking at the other people I have on the list after him and I, I don't know who I would swap him out for right now other than maybe, I guess Joaquin Phoenix for come on, come on maybe, or, or Andrew Garfield for tick, tick, boom. But I don't Garfield know. would be my number five. Yeah. We got to yeah, see my that. Six. Um, okay. Supporting actress. Um, she- I don't. I, 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 I'll, I'll say that I'm, I'm for number five. I might. Um, I might say Bradley Cooper. Yeah. Although Bradley I'm not Cooper. sure about the chances overall yeah. for Nightmare Alley for Best Picture, or even Best Director. I know that the that role. I mean, it's a really pulpy story. It's really, really extremely um, gritty pulpy story. 
from the 1930s. But that that role is like a roller coaster. The arc, the character arc is like all over the place. He's from the lowest depths to the highest peaks and then back down again. Yeah. And it's really a juicy role. And if he he could really make a lot out of it. And he's got the supporting so, in Licorice Pizza, so he's coming in with two. Yeah, that's where that's why I can I have him like number eight or nine and lead actor. I have him in my number one spot for supporting actor for Licorice Pizza. So I'm I'm kind of more betting on that performance, but I I also hear it's kind of a smaller role. So yeah. As usual, Not Best sure Actor is incredibly packed, just like Best Actress. Yeah. All right, so moving on to supporting, everybody has our dear friend Anne Dowd at number one for Mass, including me, even though I have my doubts that she'll actually win that. Um, <clears throat> because uh, unless Mass gets in for Best Picture, um, yeah. she's good. I have her up against Judy Dench for Belfast, Ingenue Ellis for King Richard, who could win. Uh, Kirsten Dunst with Power of the Dog and Marley Matlin Coda. Those are my five. Um, I, I find the supporting categories really hard to figure out who's the. Yeah. Because the pundits are saying Ann Dowd is the front runner, that doesn't make her the front runner. Yeah, the supporting categories are a little rough right now. Did I? Did you say Kirsten Dunst? Uh huh. In yours? Okay. Yeah, I have her at four. Okay, that's who I have out front right now. Um. Judy Dench, Ariana DeBose, I think is how you say her name, from West Side Story. Uh, and then In Doubt and Tony Collette are my five. Tony Collette. I'm tempted, I'm tempted to put both Martha, uh, Martha Plimpton and In Doubt in. Tony Collette know. for? Uh, for Nightmare Alley. Oh, Nightmare Alley. Yeah. Isn't Rooney Mara got the better part for night that? Uh, they're maybe. both really good parts. They're both like co-female leads. They're both of those female leads in that movie. I've only seen the night the the, early, the original, but both of those female leads are amazing roles. Yeah. Really incredible characters. Best support. I'm trying to get through this because we've got ten minutes, and then we've got to do our. Um, okay, supporting actor is really hard for me to figure out who this who the front <laughs> yeah. runner is. I have no clue. I keep putting Jared Leto for House of Gucci, and then for some reason I have Cody Smith McVie at the top. But mm-hmm. I don't think he's going to win. And with the humans, um, Richard Jenkins, I haven't seen that. But you're going to need a Best Picture nominee here for Supporting Actor based on the past. It's, it's got to be somebody from something really strong. It's, I don't think it's just going to be Richard Jenkins, yeah. like out of the blue like that, you know. They're the big prizes, think, they like to split up between the Best Picture nominees. That's why it's – I think that's why I went with Bradley Cooper for right now is because he's kind of due after – quite a few nominations no mm-hmm. wins and licorice pizza feels like it'll be a uh, best picture nominee with 10 maybe yeah it does so that's I, that's my one i wouldn't ignore kieran hines for belfast he is he's my number two he is strong so strong in that film yeah. and if that film is really going to win best picture he could it win. has to have something for acting right i mean yeah it, i'll put him at the top again i had him at the top and then i moved him but yeah what I mean, about he is like so great in that what about Cody yeah. Smith McPhee? Do you think he's just not a showy enough part? No, he's he's my three. No, that that is he's. If you love that movie, you're you're gonna have to respect his performance because yeah. it, I don't want to give any spoilers away, but it is a it's he's doing a lot of things and then it, all of a sudden it, it it kind of turns on its head and toward the end. Yeah. So, um, it's a complicated performance. It's an it's, I think he's much better than uh, Jesse Plemons actually. Oh yeah, I, yeah. Yeah. Clemens' role is very subdued and small. Yeah. 
I, I don't understand. Okay, moving on to adapted screenplay really fast. I don't understand why people have tragedy of Macbeth. They're not gonna you're not gonna put in an adaptation of a Shakespeare play, because it's already written. Like they're just it's not an adaptation. You know, it's like so I don't know it's why. It's all down. Yeah, and, and that's a tough one because again, the screenplay nominations I think are almost impossible to predict right now because of, yeah. uh, we just don't know where any of these things are going. I think I think for now though. It's for me. It's easy to say put Power of the Dog and Belfast at the top of those two categories. Yeah, me too, for sure. Right. I think that that Jane Campion. Mm-hmm. It's like she's going to win screenplay again, just like she did in, in the piano. Yeah. But I think she might win director too. So I, I think that's why Ann Thompson is predicting to, it to win Best Picture too, because I, I think she's thinking they're not going to come around again and only give her director um, and yeah. screenplay and not picture. But look, they sure. they did it to uh, Quaron. He's still not one picture yeah. uh, for Gravity and for Roma. As often as as um, as this picture director splits have been happening recently, that's even more likely to happen with ten nominees. I think I think yes. that just increases the odds that that there's yeah. a split. I think so yeah. too. Uh, original is much easier than, than adapted. All right. So that takes us through. Now we're almost to our time out here. So I'm going to just get to our, um, yeah. some questions. Yeah. Questions from our audience. Let's see what we have here. I have it up. If you want me to read them. Yes, go for it. I have a DM that I have to read too, but go for it. Okay. So from Scott Kernan, uh, who would you consider to be the front runner for best director at this time? I feel like so far the directing race is much more open than it has been the past few years. I was wondering who you think has the best narrative and momentum at the moment to be the front runner. Jane Campion. Yeah, I think that Jane Campion probably maybe would be front runner. I would think. For my, yeah. I mean, I haven't seen any of these movies yet. I'm, I, I hate to even confess that. I've been bluffing the whole podcast. <laughs> you guys were at the film festivals, and I. I was not, and so I'm going to be. It's going to be um, be a while before I can catch up. But just on the basis of what I've heard and pedigree and everything and, and history and and just gut feeling, I would say Jane Campion. Okay. Yeah, I think that's so, the, the consensus pick from all four of us. So my only probably... my only potential upsetter there is for me anyway. Just right now, it's it's Kenneth Branagh. And that's only because yeah. he has such a long history. Um, yep. And the, I mean, that's if we're talking about a movie like The Artist, like The King's Speech, like Argo, where it's like they love it and the art, you know, they love it so much that they just shower it with awards. We haven't had a movie like that in a while. Parasite comes closest, but that really gained its momentum in the last part. But like, it's been a while since we had a movie that just won everything, you know? Um, yeah. And if Belfast is that movie, then Kenneth Branagh will win that award for mm-hmm. sure. Um, yeah. Yeah. But. Uh, okay, next question. So Raul Gama asked, which films this year do you see getting... I'm going to maybe reword a little. So which which films this year do you see having a political push? And which do you see oh. having a backlash further in the race? Yikes, tough question. <laughs> yeah, kind of hard to predict the backlash. But I would say the front runner usually is most susceptible for that. Mm-hmm. But be, being that Belfast is such a personal story, I'm not sure what the pushback could be there. Power of the Dog, we know, changes some of the story or leaves out yes. a big plot in the story. So I could mm-hmm. see that having 
backlash? I think so too. It depends. Like I was surprised to hear that, but I, what I came away with was thinking she, what she did was she simplified it so that she didn't want to give up, not simplified it, but she made it more opaque. She didn't want to give us easy answers. And so she made us want to work for it a little more. That's assuming members of the Academy read the book. No, but it's going to be a story. It'll turn into a story for sure. Um, but uh, and Belfast's problem, as everybody knows, it's directed by yeah. a white guy. It's about a white guy, and so they'll say, "Who cares about this white guy? <laughs> Why do we care yeah, so much about this Jesus. white guy?" So that's going to come up, and um, I, you know, I'm I'm a little nervous about Will Smith. I I kind of have this feeling that something's going to come up there. Yeah. Um, and Belfast also has Van Morrison, if you're looking Van for Morrison, the political angle. Absolutely. That could come up. Oh. Not to mention Kenneth Branagh's own history, which, you know, who knows? I know that there's some messy stuff there. <laughs> but yeah. um, but those kind of things back, like, as you say, the, the winner always has um, a backlash. I think yeah. just in terms of politics, you're going to have some problems with Best Actress because yet again, for the 94th year, only one black actress has won. Best actress. It's an unacceptable stat, in my opinion. And I have been trying, as everybody who knows who reads my site, to push in that direction to change that. I've been trying since 2001 when I helped to push Halle Berry in. I know you can't say people should. I mean, I, I'm also a big believer in people should win if they deserve it, right? Um, mm-hmm. But but I also think that that is something that. You know. Yeah, but but at the same time, but in the same breath, we can say there have been actresses who've deserved it since then. There right. have there already have like been actresses last year who deserved it, so. for instance. Yeah, I think that's going to come up. I do. I think people are going to be annoyed with it because I think we're at the stage now where people are starting to get exhausted by all of the outrage. But I also think that, um, but that's a, that's a pretty naked stat. That that is, it's an undeniable, embarrassing stat. Especially this year where everything in the Academy is all about how inclusive and diverse they are from their museum to their producer to everything that they do. Okay, you're going to be like the Emmys where everybody <laughs> wins is white. Do we have that now? No, we have Will Smith winning, but then we have three white actors, I think, winning. So that's, that's yeah, I know that is we can we can say that that's political. It's as political as anything else I can think of. As now, it's not really strictly political, but it is a cultural hot button. Right. Exactly. Yeah. 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 Politically speaking, uh, there's not going to be any political controversy. Mm, that's what I was going to say. I can't really see any political influence that. That, that pure straight straight up politics is going to have yeah, on, on the race. The entire left is left. Like they're all everybody's in agreement. So there's no there's no friction or controversy there. I don't think that that would come up. There's no like Green Book or Blind Side or anything like that that I can see that that might cause those sorts of problems. How how political is Belfast? Belfast. That's a, that's a that's a that's a popular political opinion. That's a that's a that's a that's a, that's a and I, I won't say popular. That's the wrong way to phrase it. But it's a it's an honorable political position. Yeah, right? it's his his movie. I think is more about unity, which I really liked, and um, so. But I he doesn't get too much into the politics of. He was just saying that that it was no. Belfast was an incredibly violent place that he loved and he didn't want to leave. Um, that's really the long and short of it. But um, okay, so I have one question here. Um, 
He says, I would love for you guys to roundtable how many of the musicals, West Side Story and the Heights, Tick, Tick, Boom, is the Academy likely to have an appetite for in Best Picture? I'd also love to hear your thoughts on what possible films that skipped the festival circuit and missed out on festival buzz, Tender Bar, Last Duel, Tick, Tick, Boom, Nightmare Alley, and Journal for Jordan have any awards chances? Oh, it's a complicated question. (laughs) The first part part was musicals, right? Uh Uh-huh. All right, I just have one in right now with West Side Story. Yeah, I would. Agree. I think that's the only one that that really has a chance. I think In the Heights is probably just gone. Unfortunately, I hope. So. I hope so. Oh. Oh. Uh, but Tick Tick Boom and Cyrano, I have in my top five to miss. So that's a couple more to think about. I think that if if the Golden Globes were happening, we might have more of a, a musical yeah. resurgence. But the problem is, is that. And thank God for this. I'm really happy. It's a very competitive year. So yeah. it means that yep. the musicals will fall by the wayside because they, their preference is always going to be for drama. Right. And genre movies tend to not make it in. I am hoping that one of them does. I hope like the Bond gets in or, you know, something that's that's a big movie like that, that, that we can say, yeah, the Oscars are relevant. People have seen these movies. I really hope that happens for the Academy. I think that'll be Dune and King Richard. King Richard, uh, as the, yeah. As the big movies that get in. Yeah. I'm not hope, holding out hope for Bond, but I think it would be cool if yeah. it did get in. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> I can't see 100 people putting that as their number one favorite movie nope. of the year. Definitely but, not. Uh, Especially not after the Jeff Wells takedown. No, no. God. And the festival buzz, his question, um, it's tough to say yeah. because even though it's a late um, – Oscars the the race is tight starts to tighten around now and unfortunately it is a consensus it is a consensus it is a consensus and it's very hard to break up that consensus once it gets rolling um and if especially so in the time of covid right because we don't have the market we don't have movies so we don't have any way of measuring it in a normal year if all of these great movies came out at the end and they made 100 million dollars each then yes, that would shake up the race a lot. But as it is, the only thing you have to go on is this chatter from the tastemakers, you know, until people start getting ballots in hand and start turning in votes and we start seeing buzz and momentum grow. Now, unlike last year, where once we had the consensus, then had to sit around and bake for like four months (laughs) and long enough for people to go, wait a second, wait a second, these are the movies? You know, like you don't want that to happen. You want to be able to kind of gather up the race and get it going in enough time for, for it to be over and done with before people really start to think about it too much. Um, and do we have any more questions? Do yeah. we miss any? Okay. I got a couple more. Uh, Joey Moser asked with Joey. best picture going back to, sorry, what's that? I just said, Joey, <laughs> Joey, uh, with best picture going back to a straight 10, what rules should we completely disregard from the last few years? Do we need to shake uh, the mindset off? Uh, what movies from the first half of the year would you like to see land a nomination? So any thoughts on any rules that we might have been playing with with six to nine nominees versus straight ten? Yeah, I mean, I wish we had sure. I wish we had Marshall to ahead, help please. us. I was just gonna say I wish we had Marshall to help us explain what that how they count them differently, but I know they count them differently. Um, I think in my opinion, just my opinion, uh, when they think five, they tend to pick movies they're passionate about. When they think ten, they pick more movies that they like, and so it gives it gives a broader 
um, mm-hmm. slate. Like sometimes animation movies can get in or genre movies like District 9, you know, like it doesn't, they don't have to be driven by actors. Um, a lot of the movies under the older system, it was, you know, movies that had all of the acting and writing and directing nominations. And so you weren't going to see a movie like, for instance, if, if No Time to Die got in that didn't have acting nominations, but it could get in just based on the fact that they have a broader list and people, a lot of people put it on their list. And so it might, it, it could find a spot that way. The, the, the it's difference what I was is... saying before about, about the, the tabulation process. There's no, with 10, there's no cutoff anymore. There's no arbitrary cutoff. But when we would end up with, with eight or nine nominees, that's because the, 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 those empty slots did not acquire enough ballots to make it to make it past the threshold. But there is no threshold anymore. So there's no lower threshold. And right. that means that movies that are r- much more fringe have a better have a chance of getting in That's to the right. 10 that, that, that wouldn't have uh, before. But not really fringe, more mainstream. So no. the way you think about it is like, I'm going to do my next article, my next 5,000 word article that no one's going to read is going to be about the comparing the producers guild 10 to the to the list because you know that's that's how you do it you, you want to know how it's going to go look at the producers guild what kind of movies do they pick fringe you know? as far as popular as far as uh typic- ticket selling popularity i mean fringe as far as number Consensus. of ballots that the, the, the academy oh i got you um yeah. So like, that, I mean, I, I shouldn't have said French. That's no, I know what word. you mean. Yeah, like, I, right. I'll never forget the year that Gone Girl, Nightcatcher, and Nightcrawler were all in the PGA, but weren't in the Academy. It's because they're darker yeah. themed, and people, when they're picking one to five, they tend to pick movies that make them feel good as opposed to the quote unquote darker movies. But with an expanded list, those three movies would have probably, most likely, gotten in. Hmm. I, I joked online on uh, on Twitter when uh, Joey asked that question that I would hope when he said, what is it is <laughs> best picture going back to a straight 10? I said, I hope it's not totally straight. I hope it's not, that they're not all straight. <laughs> and I think there is a better chance this year that there will be some gay theme. I mean, could me, how, how yeah. about that movie? How about Flea, for instance? That would be an yeah. animated film that, that, is, was, that is gay that may that was uh that would have never stood a chance under the previous tabulation system but it could make it in sure i mean anything's possible my idea is that my general sense is that they're going to go broader rather than more um Mm -hmm. but i don't know i mean that's just my guess i have no idea how it's going to go but um so i have another question here oh you're probably you're probably going to read this mark which is love to hear your thoughts on yet to be scenes which major players could enter the nom conversation who's most likely to drop out yeah We've kind of mentioned a bunch of those tonight, right? Nightmare Alley, Licorice Pizza, uh, Tick, Tick, Boom. West Side Story. West Side Story, right. I think the thing that's probably most likely to drop out that's in a lot of people's top ten is is unfortunately Coda. (laughs) I mean, I think it's a sweet little movie, but I think it's such a little movie. Like, you know, I think... It's, uh, it's, I... I would love to see that movie do this again. Once again, I bring up the Golden Globes because the Golden Globes, what they do is that the critics are never going to rescue any of these movies. The critics are like, you know how they are. They don't pick these kind like they don't rescue mainstream general audience movies from obscurity and push them into the race. But the Golden Globes do. So the Golden Globes could pick Coda as one of its best picture nominees and um, and uh, and it would put it into the race. I loved Coda's cast. Like, I think the guy who played a father is really, really mm-hmm. good. And Marley Matlin's really, really good. And I mean, 
Look, man, it, it comes down to the publicist. It's like if you had Harvey Weinstein, I was reading back my, because I'm writing, trying to get back to my gold tripping podcast, and I was uh, reading my articles from 2013 about Best Picture. And Harvey Weinstein was like ushering in, you know, trying to usher in these movies, you know, Fruitvale Station and um, The Butler. And it's like, you know, if you if you know you have this pu- kind of publicity machine behind you, you know that movie's going to be pushed and pushed and pushed and has a really good shot of getting in. So it just depends on how hard these people are going to push their movies to me, the movies like Coda. And it's a lot of work. It's a dog and pony show and it costs a lot of money to get that spot, you know. Um, but I, I think, I don't think you're wrong that it'll drop out. You know, there's, there's movies I know that we're getting wrong, that we think everybody's going to like that they won't like. That's always happens every year. Um, and like, we don't know what don't look up is going to be. We don't know what house of Gucci is going to be. You know, there's always a problem when you rest a lot of your faith on a movie that no one has seen. Yeah. But I think that's the most exciting or interesting part of the question who asked the question? I forget who you said. Oh, um, Leon. Yeah. Yeah. Um, that he's uh, the part of the question is which which pl- major players could enter the nom conversation, and we're so far we're hedging our we're we're not willing to to go out on a limb about movies that we haven't seen yet. Mm-hmm. But there are some movies that could just really be knockouts that we haven't seen yet, and that'll be that's the thing to look be looking forward to right now i think for me anyway is we don't know what is going to be just superb and spectacular that we haven't seen yet uh yeah and it it it, the the, the thing the last thing is that um it's a shame that our oscar i keep saying this like a broken record but it's a shame that the situation we're having with this pandemic has put us in in a place where it's be- the Academy, the Oscar race has become even more insular. So the, co- the community that responds to movies and gets excited about them to push them into the race isn't necessarily the same community that gathers by the thousands to vote on these. So a smart publicist would find a way around the tastemakers to reach the, reach the, the thousands of voters in the PGA, in the Academy, in, um, in SAG, you know, without even using the tastemakers at all. Like that would be a very smart strategic move because when you're talking about thousands of voters, that's different than like a couple hundred people getting excited about a movie, you know. Um, all we have is the tastemakers right now, so. Um, okay, looks like that's it. And that's 11 minutes over time, not too bad. Yeah. Yeah, I, I do have one qu- last question before we leave. We haven't talked about being the Ricardos. Is that coming out this year? Because um, I'm hearing a lot of buzz about Javier Bardem in, and uh, potentially being a, uh, a runaway contender for supporting actor because right. he gives a very buzzy performance. Well, if that happens, then you've got you've got a couple on the loose because you've got Penelope Cruz potentially and you've got Javier Bardem. And it might be like a big publicity thing to push the two of them in various parties and things. Um, so that that could definitely play uh, really well publicity wise um i've heard i've heard that they've been test screening it mm-hmm. um so they're obviously tinkering with it but i don't know i mean is it coming out this year does anybody know last last i heard it was but i haven't heard much in a while yeah clayton still has it in his top 10 hmm it's weird that they haven't screened it yet I'm a, yeah i'm not seeing a release date listed for it either mm-hmm. um so I'm not sure. 
I mean, Aaron Sorkin did just do that big story, so he's obviously... Um, it's obviously seems like the publicity train is starting to go. Um, I just see a story yeah. here. Yeah, I think it, it, I think they, maybe they're going to release it. Yeah, there's nothing. So, you know, we're either looking at a situation where a lot of the... Um, the really strong Oscar movies are backloaded and we haven't seen a year like that in a while. Usually they're front loaded. Um, but we'll, so we'll just have to see how that goes, how that plays. But in general, the gatekeepers, the people that talk about these movies and see them, I think are too critical. They're not open enough. And, and that's a problem. It's making the Academy awards, I think worse. I think we need to be a little more flexible and open-minded about movies in my opinion, like when I come out of a movie like The Last Duel, which I thought was really good, you know, everybody is so critical of it. And it hurts its chances. Well, it's better for the Academy if that movie's in the mix. You know, why are we such, why are we gatekeeping things that, that the voters haven't even seen yet, you know? Um, that's all about that. I, I think our answers were very vague across the board. <laughs> <laughs> well, there's not much to know. So we don't know. We tried. We wanted to give you a podcast. We're going to try to make them more regular because we know that people like them. They like hearing us. They always do well. So um, awesome. thank, yeah, thank you guys for, for um, taking time out to talk to me and uh, to, to our listeners. Thank oh, you. Yeah. Thank you. Okay. And we'll catch up next soon. week. Yeah, hopefully. Okay. Have a good night. You too. Bye. Bye. Good night. Thanks for listening to All This and the Oscars 2, AwardsDaily.com's podcast on the Oscar race. My name is Sasha Stone. You can follow us on Twitter at AwardsDaily, and you can find more of our stories. Um, you can join our mailing list at AwardsDaily. If you see that, we, we tend to send out um, breaking news of award announcements, um, and it's also a good way to support the site if you want to help keep us in business because we have advertisers who advertise on it. I know that's just what you want is another email, but it is a good way to keep help keep our lights on. And um, check out our other podcasts you can find on the site. And uh, thanks for listening. We will see you soon. <laughs>